It's time to walk that aisle, style and profile once again. Welcome back to 80s Wrestling the Podcast. My name is Jumping Jay, and as always, I'm joined by, if you want to be the man, you got to beat the man. Well, this is the man I'm talking about, Tommy Fierro. Tommy, how you doing, brother? Brother, that was an excellent introduction, by the way. Thank you. Listen, I'm excited for today's show because I don't know if there's a performer who embodies the 1980s wrestling scene more than Ric Flair. And so I can't wait for today's conversation. But before we dive into that, I know you've had an exciting week because you were hanging out with the guy who's buff, the stuff, and hopefully the wrestling collector's customers just couldn't get enough. How was hanging (laughs) out with Buff Bagwell this week, man? He was actually really cool, man. I know, I know that there's been some conflicting news stories on him lately um, on, on the internet and on Twitter and stuff like that. But I will say my dealings with him, he was a gentleman, dude. He really was. He, uh, he was very gracious to all the fans that came to see him. Uh, he was very down to earth, very easy to talk to. Uh, one thing that I always like is like, you know, I always get extra pictures, you know, signed for the shop when you know the signings are over and i literally probably put no joke jay about about 150 to 200 pictures in front of him he didn't bulk at all man he signed every picture no 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 issues whatsoever i i will say man he was extremely easy to work with so uh i know there's a lot of reports out there and and, and conflicting stories about him but my dealings with him man he was a super pro super pro well i'm happy to hear that because he's one of those guys who was right in the mix during the big Monday night wars, and he had quite a career for himself, battled through numerous injuries. I know he's got some personal stuff that he's fighting, but I'm glad that he's out making appearances and that fans are coming out to see him. Anything else big on the horizon for either your your wrestling collectibles, Superstore, or ISPW? What's coming down the pike, Tommy? Well, we we have a signing this Sunday at the Wrestling Collector with former WWF Manager Harvey Whippleman, downtown Bruno. He will be appearing this Sunday. Rare appearance in this area as well. So anyone out there that likes to get their encyclopedia signed, it's a rare opportunity to get him. Uh, again, it's this Sunday, uh, July 24th, from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Harvey Whippleman, formerly Harvey Whippleman, now you know, downtown Bruno, will be appearing at the Wrestling Collector this Sunday, again, from 11 to 2. And then after that, man, I'm just... Uh, getting ready to uh, have a huge signing at the New Jersey State Fair at the Sussex County Fairgrounds on August 5th to August 13th. I know we mentioned it last week, and I'm sure we'll talk about it again over the next couple of weeks here on the podcast. We have a ton of guys lined up, including Jim Ross, X-Pac, the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, Brutus Beefcake, Greg Valentine, Enzo, uh, a lot of others as well. So we'll, we'll be mentioning more about that in the upcoming weeks here as well. But, uh, yeah, man, the, and then and August 19th, we're uh, ISPW returns for Summertime Blues. We, a, lot, a lot of stuff cooking, brother, a lot of stuff cooking. And it's all exciting, and I can't wait to hear how all of it goes. And right now what's cooking is a conversation about a man who just in, in a few days is going to climb back into the ring for his much-anticipated last match. We're 80s wrestling fans here, and in the 80s, this guy lived and breathed the wrestling scene. We're talking about Ric Flair. The conversation is just starting to cook. We're going to jump 
to the Wrestling Collector Slam line and connect with our main man from Butler, New Jersey, Danny. Danny, good morning to you, sir. Tommy Jumping Jay, how's it going? Always a pleasure. Danny, what's up, brother? How are you, man? I'm good, man. I'm just uh, trying to just just trying to stay cool with this uh, this heat wave that we got. You know, luck, luckily enough, I'm, I'm I'm fortunate to have a pool, so I'm able to stay cool. But like I said, it's uh it's rough out there. Oh, J- jumping Jay, by the way, New Jersey's scorching hot this week, man. Over over mid 90s all week long. It's it's I think it's like 87 degrees out right now, and it's only 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, that's that's tough to deal with. What do you guys do to keep cool? I know you got the Jersey Shore. Everybody knows all about that. But if you're not near the shore, you just run through the sprinkler, Tommy. What do you guys do down there? <laughs> <laughs> I, well, brother, my, my, I, in my speedos, I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you. Uh, you know, like I said, I, I'm, I'm lucky enough to have a pool. So if I, if I'm not in the pool, I'll be uh, inside in the AC or you know, like I said, you got to do something indoors where there's air conditioning you can't really uh be outside you know doing anything uh, strenuous or like any any recreational stuff because it's just uh it's just uh, too dangerous uh to deal with this type of heat well stay yeah, safe man. So we're talking there, about fellas. nature boy rick flair one of the greatest in-ring performers in the history of professional wrestling now danny i know that you grew up like me and jay as wwf guys but obviously, if there was an exception to the rule, it was probably the nature boy, Ric Flair. What, what, what was your take, Danny, since you're the first caller, ask you, cause growing up a WWF guy, obviously that you were, I'm sure everyone was very familiar with Ric Flair from the NWA. What was your initial take when he debuted in the WWF? Um, you know, obviously, you know, you took about, you know, you know, back in the 80s, you know, the two biggest superstars, obviously, from the biggest promotions, you had Hogan and, you know, you had Flair in the NWA. So, you know, like I, like you said, uh, you know, growing up predominantly uh, watching WWF, there was times that I would obviously, you know, I was, you know, you know, tune the channel to, you know, say, you know, TBS or whatever it was, the power hour. And I watched the NWA. Um, you know, obviously, I knew about Flair, you know, and all the other guys, you know, big superstars from that, from the other promotion. And, you know, you always wonder, like, you know, well, you know, what if, you know, Hogan and uh, Flair, whatever, you know, hook up or you know, work together? Then, you know, you always had the, you know, the magazines, the you know, Pro Wrestling Illustrated. You always had the, you know, the dream scenarios on the cover and all that. And then, you know, you get to, you know, come '91, you know, everything comes to fruition, and that's the first thing that they talk about. You know, with him, you know, he shows up to the WWF with the, with the World Heavyweight Title, and you knew. uh business would uh was gonna pick up um unfortunately like you know you talked about uh last week you know they kind of botched it you know by not having that hogan and uh flair wrestlemania match which was which was supposed to happen at wrestlemania whatever you know obviously we knew all know the what was going on with hogan and then and, and wwf at the time with the steroid scandal so kind of knew that hogan was on you know kind of you know on his, on his way out uh, of the, the company for a little bit so, you know, obviously they had to put a, you know, they had to do audible and uh, change the plans up and they put Randy in with, uh, with Flair, which wasn't bad. You know, it, they still were able to work together. But like I said, it's just, you know, like just a missed opportunity, you know, hooking up Hogan and Flair, you know, such a, you know, fantasy battle that n- never really, you know, came to fruition other than a couple of house shows. Um, 
you know, it left, it left, you know, it left a little to be desired. But you know, when you th- you know, you think about flair, you know, you talk, you think about the, you know, the, you know, the his, the flamboyance, the arrogance. You know, obviously the guy, you know, his his career spanned over four decades, sixteen time champion. You know, you know, all, multiple titles. You know, great feuds. You know, and uh, you know, you know, whether it be with Hardy Race, Dusty Rhodes. Um, you know, my favorite one, obviously, you know, was uh, with Ricky Steamboat. You know, when I, you know, I got to see, you know, the matches they had in '89 when uh, Steamboat uh, got his only world title run. You know, they had that trilogy of great matches in '89, which, uh, you know, to this day they talk about them as being the great, the best matches in uh, in wrestling history. So, you know, that's my memories of him. You know, obviously, you know, when he got to the WWF, you know, he uh, he had a, a, a decent run there. Obviously, without you know not hooking up with Hogan and, and WrestleMania, kind of you know put a damper on it. But you know, you talk about you know you can't think about the '80s without talking about Flair. You know, that's how you know great he is, how great he is. And you know, to this day, because you think about all the superstars that try to emulate him. You know, you know you got athletes that do you know locker room celebrations. They imitate him. You know, people always talk about the the Four Horsemen and. You know, you just you just think about all the the great moments that he had throughout his career. Um, you know, you got, you know you can't t- talk about Flair without talking about Sting. Um, you know, Luger, all those other guys. You know, just great, a great performer, a great entertainer, and you know the guy just he had the total package. You know, the guy, you know, he lived life. You know, he pretty much burned the candle on all three ends when it came to uh, you know him living his character and you know he definitely lived the character of Ric Flair. I'm glad you brought that up, Danny, because as we were preparing for today's show, one of the thoughts that crossed my mind, when somebody's really good at what they're what they do, when they're innovative, when they do things that nobody else has seen, a lot of times as a compliment, people will say that person is ahead of their time. I don't think you can say that about Ric Flair because Ric Flair lived his gimmick. Ric Flair, like he was in the 80s, if you took him and transplanted him in today's product with the world of kayfabe being what it is, there is no way that Ric Flair would have had the same amount of draw that he had in the 80s. Because in the 80s, man, people believed that Ric Flair was Ric Flair because Ric Flair was Ric Flair. And he was living that lifestyle, and he was doing those things. And so I think he came along at the perfect time, man, because he was the living embodiment of the 80s. We're talking fame, excess. He did everything to the limit. And I think just in today's environment, with social media being what it is, with cameras being everywhere, I don't think you'd have the same Ric Flair. And so I think that man came along at the perfect time, and because he did – he forever changed the landscape of professional wrestling. Like you said, he's transcended the sport. He's in pop culture. He's in, he's in NFL locker rooms. He's everywhere. And I don't care if you're a wrestling fan or not. If you say Ric Flair to someone, you're guaranteed to get a <laughs> back. And so Ric Flair <laughs> Absolutely. is 80s wrestling. You know, like I said, the guy, you know, he, you know like I said, the guy lived. That's one thing. He, he went out there. He had fun. You know, like I said, you you know, he could go, you know, into a, the hotel lounge. It could be like three or four people sitting at the bar. And before you know it, you know, he's, you know, buying rounds for the whole, for the whole hotel. 
And like I said, that's just like I said, he'll make a party anywhere. It didn't matter where he was. He's going to be the nature boy. And like I said, he lived his character. You know, you, 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 you don't get anybody more, you know, bigger than, like I said, he, he was larger than life. You know, like I said, he, he was Hulk Hogan for the NWA, but, you know, not the clean-cut version. You know, he was, you know, like I said, you could say Ric Flair is the quintessential heel. Like I said, but not that type of heel that you wanted to hate, the type of heel that you wanted to be like. You know, with the you know, with the the gold watches, the suits, always with an entourage of women. You know, what man didn't want to live that life? And as a kid, you looked at him. I'm like, wow, you know, what I'm saying the guy. You know, I I couldn't stand at times when you know he'll be around the woman because, like I said, then you know you you put the good guy of a Ricky Steamboat next to him who was clean cut, the family guy, and you always had that good versus evil approach and it, it was just perfect for the business the guy just sold it all and like i said he's just like i said without a doubt probably the greatest entertainer that uh ever you know stepped into the square circle well said danny thank you for kicking off today's conversation on the nature boy with such an excellent conversation yeah. we got a load of other callers brother so i gotta let you go but stay safe stay cool and call back next week. You got it, brother. You guys uh, enjoy it. You guys have a great weekend, and uh, I look forward to speaking to you guys. You take take care. Give us a woo before you leave, Danny. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thank you, sir. All right. Take it easy. Well, there you go, Tommy. The conversation is off to a styling and profile and start in the slam line is lighting up today because when you talk 80s wrestling, Ric Flair is on the very top of that list. We're going to take a few more calls, and then you and I are going to deep dive into our memories and favorite moments from the career of the Nature Boy. But up next, from Millville, we're taking the party to our good friend Marty. Marty, good morning. Good morning, Jumpin' Jay. Good morning, Tommy Sierra. How are you guys doing? I am doing absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for calling in. We're talking about the Nature Boy. Yeah. Uh, so to echo a lot of what uh, Tommy and Danny said, growing up in Jersey, I didn't obviously get a whole lot of Ric Flair. It was more from the magazines and sort of following who was the top guy. And, of course, it, it's him. Um, and so I, I didn't really watch it too much. And then when he came to the WWF, I – you know, I'm going to be like the heel caller here. I was underwhelmed. I I just was. And maybe because he came in as a face and I was still like a huge fan for, or he came in as a heel. I was just still a fan for the faces. So when he came in, it was like, all right, well, at least we'll get to see him and Hogan. Because that was always the argument that, you know, you'll never know what's going to, you know, how it will turn out because these guys are from competing sure. companies. And then it never happened. And then you get Hogan versus Undertaker. Now, we all know what happened with The Undertaker. I guess his career came out okay. But it was still, like, at that Survivor Series, like, yeah, I mean, it should have been WrestleMania. But Hogan Flair, like, that should have been it. And then it was just, like, I was just underwhelmed. I was still a kid. I was, like, 11, 12 years old maybe. And so I just didn't see it. I didn't get why everybody liked it. As an adult... I've obviously gone back and I've watched it, and especially the ESPN 30 for 30. 
that they did with him. For ESPN to do a 30 for 30 on a professional wrestler, it's a big deal. And I'm watching it, and I was enthralled. I'm like, this guy's the best. Like, as an adult, I have a whole different view of, of the industry. And I'm like, oh, my God, this, this guy was it. Now I get why Hulk, even Hulk Hogan says Ric Flair is the best wrestler of all time. Now I understand why my favorite of all time is saying, no, 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 it's not me, it's him. And I, a whole new love and respect for Ric Flair. Like, so now anytime I'm going back and he's on, I'm just glued to the screen. I, I get it. But as a kid, I didn't. I, I'm just going to be completely honest. Well, I, I don't think you're off base for that, Marty. I think when he came in in the early 90s, it was not the same Ric Flair that the NWA had. I think it was maybe a slightly watered-down version. I know he said personally that his confidence was shaken about that time, and it's a different product. NWA was all about in-ring performance. WWF at the time was more about, you know, you, you put that cartoony moniker on it where it's less about great matches and more about presentation. And so I personally think he had a hard time adjusting from one world to the next. And I don't think you're off base by saying you were underwhelmed when he first made his appearance, because I don't think it was the Ric Flair of old. And so when, when you see that compared to the stuff he was doing in the NWA and the stuff he was doing in WCW and the incredible promos he was cutting then compared to the work he did in his first run in the WWE, I think it was two different Ric Flairs. And so I don't hold that against you at all. Now, and plus, I'm going to be honest, he had the same haircut as my mom. So, like, I, it, just, it just wasn't that, like, if you look back in the 80s, like, NWA, he had that long blonde hair, and, like, it just went with the ego, you know, like, like and then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, mom, look, you know, this guy, you guys go the same stylist. It was just weird. I, and it just, I don't know. I, I, I think it's like Samson's hair. I, I, it, it lost the effect for him. There you, yeah, maybe. You should never have cut it. No, you definitely should have left it long, but, yeah. I, I don't have any hair. Jay, you and I have the same haircut, so, like, I, I can't really comment on people's hair. That was, like, my one little jive at him, but, you know, other than that, I can't – I am not entitled to make fun of anyone's hair. Well, just think <laughs> of all the money we're saving, Marty. We we, we don't oh have to pay God. the barber. It's the blessing of disguise. I exactly. tell everybody. Exactly. Marty, 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 no, uh, yes, August 19th, brother, ISPW in Butler, New Jersey. It's summertime, brother. Let me get you out to the show, man. Try and make it up if you can. August 19th? Yes, sir. Butler, New There's Jersey. calendar now. Cause luckily, I'm at home, and I only got the well, I know, I know it's a good. Right I know it's a good time of year to catch you. That's why. Yeah, that's a Friday night. Okay. Uh, I'm not making promises, but I'm, I, I, I'll promise to look into it and Sounds do my good, best. I love, I love for you to yeah, see the show i got to get up to the show. Yeah, oh, my God, yeah. And, and like I said, I, I follow as best I can from down here, and I'm acting like I'm really far away. But, um, <laughs> yes, but what, what I'm seeing is, uh, like, we, you know, you and I talked before, Tommy, about that, is that you're, you're bringing back the stuff that drew me in. And, and it still draws me in, even though I'm an adult. It's still the storytelling. It's still the characters. This isn't a one-off. It isn't two guys doing the spot fest. It, it's, it's a development. It's, okay, I loved what I saw. Now let me see more. And let me see a new angle of this. And, and you're doing all that. So, yeah, I, I definitely want to check it out because it, it speaks to my heart as a wrestling fan. Awesome, man. Yeah, man, you would really enjoy it. I, I, I throw a lot of bit of, I throw a lot of the '80s stuff, you know, angles, storylines, and my stuff. So I think you would dig it. Yeah, but you said before it still works. I, you know, it does. I mean? like it, it's it not does. like 
let's bring this back for the old timers. Like it still works. It's still good storytelling. It's still a good product. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate it, and uh, I appreciate you calling on the show all the time. That's a Jersey boy right there, Jumpin' Jay. Listen, yeah, I know. Jersey well, I gotta, fans I are the best imagine. fans. <laughs> but da- Danny's calling from Dominican Republic while, like, on vacation. I'm like, I'm, <laughs> how am I missing calls here? It's summertime, but I also got the two kids. I got, I got my Tommy, you ought to recruit them. The one looks like Big John Studd and my Whoa, you know, brother. I'm going to book him on the next show. Come on, man. Yeah, the, no, they're massive kids. I don't know where they get it. <laughs> but you guys, uh, you know, I'll let you get to the other callers. I'll, I'm going to be listening to the rest of the show when you guys post it, and I'll, I'll enjoy it from there. But it's always a pleasure to speak with you guys. And you too, Stay man. cool. You too, brother. Thank you, Marty. You're right back at you, brother. All right, thanks. Well, there we go, Tommy. We're two callers in, and right now we got two callers left on hold, so we're going to check in with them, and then we'll check in with each other on the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Up next, we're flying, jet flying, out to the West Coast to check in with Brian the Brain. Good morning, Brian, and welcome back. Good morning, Jay. Good morning, Tommy. How you guys doing? Brian the Brain. What's up, brother? Hey, not too much. Uh, Ric Flair, I'll I'll kind of go from where everybody else has gone. You know, we're all WWF at heart guys, but, uh, you know, what what I loved about the booking with Ric Flair, it, it was a bit of a roller coaster, but, man, when they first brought out Bobby the Brain, Heenan was like, to me, he's quite possibly the all-around most talented guy to ever work in the business. He could bump like nobody. He was... Uh, a hell of a talker, just so quick-witted. And for him to show up with that NWA belt, that was just mind-blowing at the time. You know, and eventually they, I believe they ended up using a tag belt and blurring it out. But uh, right up front to see that belt before you saw Flair and to just just have your mind blown that the possibility of Ric Flair coming to WWF, that that was going to happen, that was really something. And they... Uh, and they got some view more. You know, I was always watching Prime Time, but I'm sure they pulled some more viewers to the USA Network to watch Prime Time Wrestling. With uh, I believe that's where he uh, first made his debut. And then, uh, and and like I say, it was kind of up and down booking. Um, but right at the the front there, having him uh, go up and shove Roddy Piper in the back when Vince and Roddy are up there uh, announcing superstars of wrestling. And he just keeps provoking Piper and finally, you know, lays lays out the, the chair and uh and hits him. That was a great warm up feud. Those two and I and I always think they, they had to have gone out either at the hotel or in the, even in their own room and had to just been partying up every night because they had a, a nice little run at the house shows where Roddy actually put him over and let Flair put his uh, feet on the ropes to get pins every night for a while there in late 91. But that Roddy-Flair uh, dynamic uh, before they before they had Hogan up against him at house shows, that that I loved as well. The, the down, kind of the downturn, I wasn't crazy about the Tuesday in Texas angle and, 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 you know, but then they brought it back around with probably the best Royal rumble ever, the 92 rumble. And then they, and then it, you know, you just had the disappointment of, and like Danny mentioned, Hogan took off uh, for a year. So they decided to go with, uh, with Savage in that spot to, to take the belt off flair. But, uh, you know, it's something where, that booking up and down, uh, and I think Vince just couldn't 
couldn't put it in himself to let Flair actually go over Hogan at WrestleMania and almost be like admitting that the, the NWA was uh, superior or something if he was to do that. So I don't think there's any way at, at the biggest show of the year that they're going to put the, the golden boy of the of the, the NWA over a top WWF star. So, you know, it, it went how it went. It was, it was amazing. I, I think the, the haircut, if I'm not mistaken, was more uh, Jim Hurd wanting him to just being a, an idiot and wanting Ric Flair to have some Spartacus angle and made him cut his hair. I, I didn't mind it much, but but I don't think Rick actually wanted to cut the hair. I think it's you know, something that Jim Hurd wanted him to do if I'm if I'm remembering correctly. But uh, man, what an entertainer! Um, I'm I'm a little worried about his. Uh, you know him getting in there in the ring, but on, with this last stand match, but something they uh, Jay Lethal brought up on on one of these promos that I thought was real intelligent. He's like, you know, you only get one go around in life. So if this is what he wants to do, by all means, let him do it. If anybody can do it, it's Ric Flair. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that part two of the last match promo. I, I just wanted somebody to get in there to stop the bleeding. I was worried on blood thinners that uh, that they needed to to get medical attention to them. But uh, but like like they said, it's it's like the movie The Wrestler. It's it's what he's uh, done all his life. It's something that if he wants to you know die in the ring someday, and this is the day for it, it's his right to do so. I guess so. Um, that, that's all, uh, you know, my quick uh, rundown of Ric Flair, and I'll hear, you know, what you guys think about the last match and 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 all his uh, WWF uh, run there as well, if you have any comments on that stuff. The last match as as is WWE. Very... Oh, good, Jim. Sorry, you first, buddy. Well, I was going to say the last match is a very interesting thing to me because – he is he is 73, 74 years of age, and so at that age to climb back into the ring, you worry about his well-being, you worry about you know the quality of the match, all that kind of stuff. But with all that being said, if you are Ric Flair, like you said, Brian, and this is what you want to do, then who are we to you know say he shouldn't do it? Is it the, the wisest decision? I have no idea. I've never been a 74-year-old man. Hopefully one day I'll be at that milestone in life and I can see how I feel. But this is all Ric Flair knows. Wrestling, he lived the life of a wrestler. And I don't think he's ever been truly happy with how his career maybe ended inside the ring. And so I think he wants to have one more go around. And so it'll definitely be interesting. I don't plan on buying it. The, and, and watching it, but I will definitely be tuning in after it to see how it went. I'm the same way. I won't. Uh, I'm not going to buy it, but I am interested. And uh, and like the, like I said, this latest promo they had kind of flipped my decision. At first, I was just thinking, what a bad idea it is. And then and then it goes. Jay Lethal said, you know, you only get the one go around. I'm like, well, shit. It's Ric Flair. This is what he does. If he wants to die in the ring, and he wants this is what he wants to do, who are we to stop him? So let me uh, let me ask both of you guys a question. This because I'm a, I'm a promoter, so I'm looking I'm looking at this from a different standpoint. It's Ric Flair's last match. One of the biggest names in the history of this industry. We we've heard in the past it was his last match several times. W- what is it that you guys won't 
you guys are both interested in it, obviously, but you don't want to pay for it. You want to see the after effect of it where you can watch it on YouTube or watch clips of it for free on Facebook or whatever, and, and that's fine. That's fine. What, what is it that you won't order it live and watch it while it's going on? I'm just, I'm just curious, as a promoter that promotes wrestling events, I mean, you can't get much bigger than advertising Ric Flair's last match. So, so what, what is it that you, you guys wait a day to see what's going on instead of ordering it live? Jay, you first. Well, that's a very good question, Tommy. I think some of my hesitation is, and maybe I'm just ill-informed, but do we even know what Ric Flair's last match is? Is it a singles match? Is it a tag match? Who's the opponent? Do we know any of that? It's a a tag match. It's going to be him and his his, uh, son-in-law, Andrade, uh, El Idolo, versus Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. So if you get a chance, it's about 20 minutes long, but there's a little clip you got to see with uh, uh, The Last Man Standing Part 2 where it kind of leads to it. And uh, and so anyway, that's a, it's a tag match. Okay, so now, we, now I know the match and the opponent. Uh, part of it is, Tommy, I'm going to be honest, I worry that it's going to tarnish my memory of what a okay. Ric Flair match is. You know, I, I, I hold him at such a high level that I think it would actually do me, uh, it would it'd be unwell for my soul if it was just a horrific display of a, a shell of what Ric Flair used to be. That's, that's a, a very fair answer. How about, how about you, uh, Brain? What, what, what's your response on that? Oh, mine is that uh, it's just... Uh, it sounds cheap, but it's my entertainment dollar. And just although it looks like a, a really good card, I, thought, I think they've got nine matches on there. I'm just not in, invested uh, as I was as, as a kid. And, you know, if let's say that WWF had uh, SummerSlam or WrestleMania. It, if they were charging 35 or 50 bucks, I might not buy those either. It's something where when it's five bucks a month for Peacock with commercials, I'll watch the big shows for WWF, but I'm just not invested like I was as a kid. And so, it, again, it sounds like I'm a cheapskate. It's, it's only thirty-five bucks. No, no, but it's, it's still not. it's still that it's it's thirty-five bucks, and I and I'm not I'm just not invested. And so, sure, I do want to see what happens. I'm I'm interested. I I'm not you know I I know it's not going to be the Ric Flair of old, but. Uh, but yeah, it's it's just something where I can't see myself sitting around for three hours and watching it and spending money on it. So, well, this um, this see both of those answers are two totally different answers. But this right there for me as a as a promoter, it's it's good data. It's good it's good feedback because we we know uh, Brian that it's not a money situation for Jumpin' Jake because he's a millionaire, so he's not worried about spending thirty five dollars. Trust me. I, I've seen it. <laughs> that is inaccurate so, information, Brian. Brother, that's extreme. Listen, uh, Brian, he was at 80s Wrestling Con a couple months back. His 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 jeans were sinking so far down his butt, not because he didn't have a belt. It's because that was, was so heavy. No. Yeah. His, his pants were literally falling down. So Listen, I know it's not a them, money situation for Jay. All but, them nickels uh, and dimes are heavy. Yeah, brother, come on. We know we know how you roll, brother. We know about that just, yacht, just a, that private yacht in Minnesota you got. But anyhow, curiosity. It's, it's what is a day. what is a ticket to ISPW uh, run? What what are the ranges? Uh, typically, it's forty dollars for the first row, 
and they had 25 general admission. Uh, that, that's pretty much what it is. But, um, but it's live I, it's wrestling. Good. What's that? But you're there live. You get yeah, to, you know, you're sitting in the crowd. Live. That's different. So, but this, yeah. but this is this this is both of these answers are are good data to have because one, and and I get your point of view, Brian, a hundred percent. Like you can watch WWE SummerSlam for five bucks, and not that the the, the lineup's spectacular by any stretch of the imagination this year. But yeah, I get it. So yeah, if you're if you're paying five bucks a month to watch unlimited pay-per-views and content from WWE, thirty-five bucks is a lot of money to shell out. Is it worth it for last Ric Flair's last match, or is it really Ric Flair's last match? I'm I'm intrigued by it. I'm intrigued by the question, and I'm intrigued by the answer. So uh, maybe we can ask the next uh, next caller as well. But uh, Brian, thank you so much again as always, dude. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Sounds great. You guys have a great week. Talk to you soon. You too, man. You too, Brian. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. All right, one caller waiting in the wings in business. It's about to pick up because it's time. It's time. It's total with Tom time. Good morning, Tom. Hey, is there any time left? Always, always you, time for total with Tom. You know, I've been checking the ratings with Meltzer. They've been shit the last three weeks because I haven't been on the air. So I'm going to have to help you guys out. Come on well, the air. As always, about- as always, Meltzer's giving you the wrong information because our numbers are up big time right now, brother. We hit the top ten two weeks ago, just so you know. I wasn't on two weeks ago. That's why we're in the top ten. Uh, that's it. Uh, I'm going to speak to him later. But look, first, first of all, the topic, awesome. Uh, my, probably my favorite wrestler of all time. Give you some more data, Tommy. Um, not only am I ordering the pay-per-view because I believe as a fan it is necessary, but I'm also getting the roast, which is on Friday night. They're doing a roast for Ric Flair. So Ooh, that I might want to check that out. Yeah, that total package comes in at around a hundred dollars, but it's you know it's it's steep. But as I said, I'm gonna a, come by your house to watch it since we're neighbors. You you can come over. Yeah, I'm getting it. You can definitely <laughs> come over. We yeah, we're not that too far away. So I'm gonna do the roast Friday night, SummerSlam Saturday night, and then the last match Sunday night. So it's just gonna be a a wrestle fest weekend, and you know nice. that's part of the reason why I also want to do it. You know. You're going to have some pizzas, some uh, pepperoni and, and, and cheese platters, all the nine yards, right? You're going all out? We can, we can get subs from Jersey Mike's. You know it. <laughs> so, yeah, man. So, that's now here we go. That's three different, uh, three different feedbacks, Jay. Yours, uh, the Brian's, and his are three totally different answers. So, I'm intrigued to see how this, this pay-per-view does. You know, as far as the age goes, um, one of Ric Flair's uh, favorite opponents is Action Mike Jackson, who's, you know, I don't know if you guys, I'm sure, Tommy, you know who he is, but I'm not sure a lot of the callers He's so or listeners. He, he does, and he's 72 years old. I know. He just wrestled like a couple of weeks ago. I think he wrestled four times in a week's time. So, you know, as far as Flair's conditioning and his well-being and his health, I don't think anything is really risked by him doing this. And he's been training with Jay Lethal for months, which is one of the reasons why um, I think Lethal's also in the match. Um, it's going to be great. Um, but let me just talk about one of my favorite moments, and I, and I do have to disagree with you, Jumping Jim, and it's not often that I do. I think Flair's term or tenure in the WWF uh, was one of the best um, of Ric Flair we've ever seen. Now, if you recall, he lost confidence in himself, but that was because of Jim Hurd and WCW. Vince kind of saved him when he brought him over. And I 
have on VHS every single Flair appearance when he was on Wrestling Challenge, Superstars of Wrestling, Primetime Wrestling, the MSG card. It's all on VHS. I can't watch him anymore because I don't have a VCR player. But I was such a mark for Flair. I, I was waiting for him to come. I was a big fan of him in the NWA. When he came on and had that angle with a little trivia note, and, and this is something you know that Brian the Brain didn't say, but when Flair hit Vince McMahon with that chair shot, oh, no, excuse me, it was Piper. Piper hit Vince McMahon with that chair shot when they had that first angle. That was the first time Vince was ever involved physically in an altercation in his, uh, in his career. Kind of like, you know, foreshadowing what was going to happen because five years later, Vince is wrestling, you know, in pay-per-views. Um, I went to the show at Madison Square Garden when he uh, wrestled off against Rowdy Piper because Piper is also one of my favorite wrestlers. Um, Piper had Flair in his wedding as his best man. Um, so they really got along with each other. And Piper didn't do a lot of jobs for people, but he had no problem at all doing a job for Flair. And then I have to talk about the 92 Royal Rumble, which is absolutely my favorite pay-per-view of all time, the greatest event of all time. When you consider he came in at number three, no one thought he had a chance to win. And he went over 60 minutes, was given the WWE title or WWF title. So I don't think that Vince had any issue whatsoever giving him the belt. And think about the people that he got to face off in that match. Kerry Von Erich, who he had a huge uh, feud with in his career. He got to face off against him in the Royal Rumble. Greg the Hammer Valentine, Sergeant Slaughter, Jimmy Snuka. Uh, he got to meet Shawn Michaels for the first time in that match. And the British Bulldog, the only person I wanted to see Flair face off against that he didn't was Ted DiBiase because the Bulldog eliminated DiBiase at number two right before Flair entered. And then, of course, the greatest moment of all at that Royal Rumble was when Flair cleared out the entire ring and he was just waiting for the next uh, contestant to come down, and it was Rowdy Piper, one of the biggest pops I ever heard in an arena. Flair sold for Piper tremendously. Piper was just going crazy, and I can watch that moment, and I'm sure, Tommy, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I can watch that moment over and over and over again, my all-time favorite Royal Rumble. Not much left to say. Yeah, there you have it, man. It's, it's, it's two, three totally getting back to the uh, the pay per view thing real quick, Jam. I'm really intrigued by this because three totally different opinions and mindsets going into what might be Ric Flair's last match, at least are putting it as. And Tom, you grew up. You're a, you're a Jersey guy. Uh, real quickly before we let you go, were you a big NWA fan growing up as a kid? For me, real quickly, I'll let you guys know. I didn't have NWA on my TV, but my friend across the street had something where they got a channel that I didn't get. And I felt like I was always, <laughs> I felt like I was always cheating on WWF as a kid, going across the street to my friend's house and watching NWA, uh, especially for like the pay-per-views at first. Like back in the day, like uh, they would always order the pay-per-views every month. I always remember, and I would go and watch the pay-per-views with them. I, would, I think when I first started out watching it. I would see the, the pay-per-views itself more than every week on TBS. What, what, how about you? What was it for you? Did you? 
being a Jersey guy, did you watch, and, and you're a hardcore fan, so maybe the answer is yes. Did you watch NWA growing up? Or, I mean, obviously through the magazines and everything, everyone knows who Ric Flair was. But was, was it something sure. that, were you, were you a big fan of his even when you were watching WWF? Yeah, well, for sure. First of all, uh, Saturday nights at 6.05 and TBS, you know, I always watched, uh, you know, NWA wrestling. I watched it all. I watched uh, uh, the one from Texas, too. I forgot, world-class re- wrestling. I'd get that sometimes uh, on cable. Uh, anything that had to do with wrestling, I was watching it. But, yeah, NWA, I always wanted to watch because I always thought they were the better product as far as wrestling goes. And the WWF, I always thought, was better as far as entertainment went. And that still holds true today when you compare WWE to AEW. AEW is almost now the new NWA. But, um, no, I was a huge fan. Watched it all the time. When he, and as I said, it was a big mark for him. When he came to the WWF, I thought it was the greatest day of my life. And I taped every single segment that he was on. Now, funny thing, Tommy, is I wasn't a fan of him at first because he played his character so well. All right. So I, I, he would feel and, you know, and I wanted him to lose all the time. But then as I started watching him more and I got older, I said, this guy is, you know, the real deal. And one thing we haven't talked about yet is his career may never have happened. He, he was involved in a serious plane crash in 1975 where two other uh, people on board perished and he broke his back. So there may never have been a Ric Flair and, uh, you know, that was all covered in the 30 for 30 on ESPN. Um, but it's just very interesting. And and the one thing I like as a result of that uh, plane crash is that years later when uh, Flair, you know, showed up in the WWF and they were all going on, you know, from plane rides, they always would be like, oh, Flair is on the plane. We're okay. No one ever crashes twice. <laughs> Fan, though, to answer your question. Jump in, Jay, you there, brother. <laughs> I'm just listening intently with a tear in my yeah, I, eye. I thought you were falling asleep over there, brother. You're making, no, no, no. You're making yeah, me do say, the heavy lifting today. Usually, usually you do I'll the heavy lifting. Easy. I'll just take it easy. I, I will the say, way. the 1992 Royal Rumble is a classic, and the promo that Ric Flair cuts afterwards after winning the only title that makes you number one in the wrestling world, it, it is a classic promo. I do like that pay-per-view. And also – they set it up perfectly because, as Brian the Brain said, Bobby the Brain Heenan, as his manager at first, and then Bobby got he, – he hurt his neck and he couldn't travel on the road as much, so they just made him his executive consultant uh, in a, or financial advisor. Mr. Perfect, he was also hurt. Perfect was perfect. The triumphant, it was just absolutely perfect, those three. The only thing I wish we had in Flair's run that first time around was a longer program with Mr. Perfect, because if there was a dream match, aside from maybe Michaels and Flair and Bret Hart and Flair, it was Perfect and Flair, and they kind of glossed over that a little bit. Oh, and by the way, going back to WrestleMania, the original idea was Flair versus Hogan. It was announced, but there was some something behind the scenes which occurred, I don't recall, where they had to switch it, but that was their intention. Did they miss the boat on it? Yes, they did. Um, did they have a lot of house shows with Flair and Hogan? Yes, seen many of them. Flair actually, it was no bigger pop than when, when the three count went down because the way the match went, Flair would pin Hogan, all right? And then the referee would find out that Flair hit him with a foreign object, 
he'd reverse the decision and call it a disqualification. That was before he won the uh, Rumble in '92. So that's what they were. Uh, that's what the storyline was when they were uh, doing the house shows. Flair was winning the match, but it was being you know turned over. Um, as far as yeah, WrestleMania, it's too bad they didn't have it. And but I got to tell you, when he went to WCW, boy did Hogan shit on him then. And you know what the thing about Flair is? Flair did a job for anybody at any time. I mean, the guy retired. He lost a retirement match in Detroit to Hogan in that steel cage match. I mean, it was just what what Flair did for Hogan was amazing, truly amazing. I do think that Flair always had what's best for the business in a whole in mind. Yes, Ric Flair liked to be the man and he liked to be on top, but I do think Ric Flair cared about the profession of wrestling and wanted to do what was right for the business. Agreed. Tommy Fierro. Now I'm the one doing the heavy lifting, dude. Well, no, brother. I want to tell the what truth. I got, I got cut off because my internet, my internet and my service is shit. And I had to, for two weeks in a row, I had to call back from my uh, cell phone. That's, that's the reason why. Well, no worries there. Total with Tom. I guess time was up for him because he hung up as well. And so now it's just Tommy Fierro and Jumpin' Jay left to talk about. Let's go. The living legend, the nature boy, Rick Flair. I'd love to hear some of your favorite moments and, and matches and things like that, Tommy, but I also want you to know, in preparation for today's show, because you are who you are, I did prepare a little 10-question quiz. I didn't really prepare it. I stole it off the Internet. But if you want to take the uh, Rick Flair to be the man, you got to beat the man quiz, you just let me know. I don't want to take it, bro, because I was a WWF guy, and I don't want to get it wrong because I might get something <laughs> wrong, and I want to—I don't want to make myself look stupid. All right, so I'm, fair I'm not taking it, dude. Fair enough. I can, I can tell I you where the listen. I should have given I can it tell to you. Where uh, the Bolsheviks, I can tell you where the Bolsheviks were on on, on August thirteenth, nineteen eighty-nine. But uh, when it comes to NWA stuff, I'm not. A hundred percent on. What I should have done is I should have given this this quiz to Toto with Tom because he's obviously the super fan who is VHS recording um, every match, every promo. Hang on, he's he's back. Let's let's check back in. Is, is it? I thought time was up for Toto with Tom, but you're back. I heard the challenge. Do you want to take the challenge? Yes. All right, Total with Tom, this is to be the man. You got to beat the man. It is the Ric Flair Superman Quiz. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Question number one. In 1977, Flair first wrestled an opponent who would become perhaps his most storied foe. Ricky Steamboat. What's that? Ricky Steamboat. That is correct. I didn't even finish the question. He got it on the first, like, intro line. So he's one for one. Question number two, Tom. On September 17th, 1981, Flair won his very first NWA. That is correct. Two for two. I don't don't even get to finish the questions. (laughs) Question number three. Ric Flair won the NWA World Heavyweight Championship in 1981. Over the next 10 years, he would lose and regain the title six times. From the multiple choice, which of these wrestlers was not 
someone with whom Flair exchanged the title with. So this is not somebody he exchanged the title with. Hey, hold was on. It a? Let, me, let, me, let me jump. Listen, let me jump in. I, yeah. I, I want to I challenge Toto with Tom. I'm going to jump in. Whoever answers her first gets it right. All right. This just became a competition. So which one of these wrestlers did Flair not exchange the title with? Was it A, Dusty Rhodes, B, Greg the Hammer Valentine, Greg Valentine, What's that? B. B. That's correct. Tommy, I think you said it too, but total with Tom's running the gamut so far. Here's the next question. It's another multiple choice. If you need it, you may not need it, but here's the question. In 1984, Flair was slated to face David Von Erich, one of the sport's most promising young talents. Tragically, the superstar met an untimely death. In his memory, 43,000 fans packed Texas Stadium to see Rick Flair. Challenge whom? Kerry Von Erich, the modern-day warrior. Tom is running the gamut. Here comes the next question, and they only get harder. At the very first Clash of the Champions in 1987, Flair wrestled a classic. Sting, 45. Dude, Toto and Tom, I'm chilling. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm stepping out. Let let, let Tom see if he can can, can do it all, man. It's your your show, Tom. Let me tell you this, Toto and Tom. The average score on the Internet was seven correct out of ten questions. You have answered the first one, two, three, four, five correct. And so you need two of the next five to, to meet the standard, or you need to do better. Are you ready for the next question, sir? Yes, sir. In 1989, Ric Flair won the NWA World Heavyweight Championship for the sixth time by defeating Ricky the Dragon Steamboat in a contest named Match of the Year by Pro Wrestling Illustrated and the Wrestling Observer. Immediately after this big win, Flair was attacked by a former champion whose tactics... Well, it was Terry include, Funk. That is correct. Then they, then they had the I Quit match afterwards, which that is also... That is very true. Yeah. And some people say that that right there ignited the hardcore scene in professional wrestling. Terry Funk, so far you are six for six. Four questions remain. Hey, one thing. Um, yes. When they had that series of matches, I know there was only three that were televised. The Chi-Town Rumble, which I think is probably the best match of all time. Um, then they did it at the Class of Champions, two out of three falls. But there were house shows which were just as good. And one in particular was amazing. Meltzer gave it five stars. What happened was, um, I don't know if you guys remember, there used to be a guy in uh, Washington, D.C. named George Michaels. He used to do the George Michaels sports machine. He was a huge Ric Flair fan. So he used to watch the matches on, like, uh, closed-circuit TV in the uh, control room. And one of the producers of the show actually taped the – was in Landover, Maryland. So there's no like announcing on it. It's just Flair versus Steamboat. And I bought that tape back in the day. Tommy, I'm sure you remember. We all used to do tape trading, right? So um, I actually own that VHS tape too. And it was a classic. It was like 50 minutes long. Uh, Meltzer gave it five stars. And it's at a house show. It wasn't even on a pay-per-view. I mean, that's the kind of matches those guys were giving out back then. 
You are a wealth of flair knowledge. I, that's that's impressive that you know that story, Total Tom. You are currently six for six on the Ric Flair quiz. Four questions remain. You need to get one right to meet the average of the internet. Any more than that, and you know more about flair than the masses. Here's question number seven. It's a topic that I know you're very uh, you're knowledgeable on because we already talked about it in today's show. In the 1991 Royal Rumble, Ric Flair would outlast 29 other wrestlers. From the list I'm about to name, which of these classic Ric Flair opponents was not among his competitors in this event? Four of them were in the Rumble. One of them was not. Are you ready for the list? Yeah, I think I answered that one already, though, right? I, I said it was so. Ted DiBiase. No, you you brought that. He was in the match. One of these that I'm going to name wasn't even in the match. You need to oh, tell okay. me which one was not in the match. Oh, was it okay. A, The Undertaker, B, Hulk Hogan, 3, Greg the Hammer Valentine, or 4, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat? Yeah, that's the one guy that was missing. Steamboat. That, that would have been great. That is correct. You are now seven for seven. You could get all three of these wrong and still be tied with the internet, or you can beat the internet. Here's question number eight. What fast rising star defeated Ric Flair in a, on October 1st, 1992 to win the WWF heavyweight title? Fast rising star to beat. In 1992. Oh, it was Bret Hart, Saskatoon. Uh, correct. In 1992, he would be considered a fast rising star. You are eight for eight. You have bested the internet. These next two are just icing on the cake, Toto Tom. Number nine. After a good run. By the way, with that the world... wasn't taped, by the way. That wasn't taped. Uh, that was no, like on wasn't. a home video. It was yeah. like a home video. It was bullshit, and, but whatever. Because I just remember. Bret Hart showing up, yeah. television show with his yeah. belt. Yeah, and they kind of yep. had to explain what happened. Yep. Here is question nine. After a good run with the World Wrestling Federation, including two turns as the WWF champion, Flair returned to World Championship Wrestling, winning the then de-emphasized NWA Championship from Barry Windham, Vader. and then regaining the title from who? Vader. Great match. Uh- Nine for nine. We are one question away from Toto and Tom running Woo! the gamut. Tommy Fierro, if you were a betting man, do you think he'll get number 10 right? 100%. Toto and Tom, what's your confidence level right now? Pretty high. But Pretty you might high. Night. I would say question 10 would not be one that I expected to see on a Ric Flair quiz but it happened in his career it was a moment in time so we'll see if you know what it is here it is question number 10 rick flair won the wwe intercontinental championship in 2005 from what second generation star Total and Tom went 10 for 10 Woo, on the, to be the you, man, brother. you gotta beat the man quiz. Hats off to you, Total and Tom. Well done. Total Impressive. and Tom, not, not, listen, not only did you make me proud, 
but I'm going to give you a $25 gift certificate for the wrestling collector next time you come up there. You pick out something on me, man. Great job. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Here's what I liked about this thing is clearly Toto Tom was not Googling these because he was answering them before I even finished the question. So Toto Tom is, in fact, the Ric Flair, like the dictionary, the encyclopedia of Ric Flair. I am super impressed. Well, I'll report in a couple of weeks how the uh, last match goes. All right. I look forward to hearing. Yeah, man. Out. Look forward to it. I might, I might check it out, man. I might check it out. Well, that, you haven't even answered that question yet, Fiero. Are you planning on spending your hard-earned ducats on this pay-per-view? Well, listen, brother. We only have four minutes left. Let's say goodbye to Totoa Tom, and I'll give you my, my last take on everything. Sounds good. Later. Totoa the man Tom. Thanks for calling in. And then brother, I, didn't get, I didn't get that much air, I didn't get much air time today. Listen, dude, you were supposed to take the quiz, and then Toto with Tom with the hot tag comes in I'll, I'll, and runs the gamut you, I ten could, for ten. I could, I, I could have, I could have ran it too, dude. I really well, could have. It's easy I to say that now. Questions like, who did Ric Flair wrestle at? You know, Starcade '86 or something like that. Like that kind of stuff would get me. But the, sure. you, you were throwing some softballs on man. You think those were softballs? It was just from the internet, man. No, I just, no, I just I'm downloaded. A, I'm only, I'm. A, a Ric Flair awesome. quiz. He, he, he knows he knows his stuff. I'm waking around. But uh, real quickly, well, we, don't, we only have a couple minutes left, but I wanted you asked me before that quiz my favorite Ric Flair memory. I think it'll, it'll surprise you what it is. So I look back at the career of Ric Flair, and obviously he's a 16-time world champion. He's been involved in countless major, major, major moments and matches and angles and storylines and the whole nine yards, one of the greatest, obviously, of all time. But the one, if, if, if I'm thinking about his entire career and what was my favorite Ric Flair moment, I think that I would, if I was to point my finger say this is the moment that I remember the most about Ric Flair, I think it's when he retired on Monday Night Raw. And that song, Leave the Memories Alone, and just that whole ending, dude, I... I can watch it right now and probably get choked up as shit, honestly. Because I, I, I watch it back then. I, I, I cried like a baby multiple times. When you're, when you're that passionate about the business and you, see, and you know how passionate Ric Flair is about it and how everyone feels about Ric Flair, man, I might go back and watch that as soon as we get off this podcast because that moment and that song, man, that, that, that was probably, in my opinion, the greatest Ric Flair uh, moment for me personally, I know that for others it might be a match or an angle or a storyline. For me, it was that moment because he deserved that moment so much, and that's why, and that's why you know you see now that was what probably 15 years ago at least, and now he's wrestling again. So it, I don't want to say it tarnishes that legacy or that moment, but in a way, it kind of sort of does because I wish that was his final moment as far as ever wrestling again. Like he retired, he had the big send off. And he's wrestled uh, several times since then, several times since then for, for TNA, I think, and, and, and others as well. But for me, that moment, dude, was – and I, I want to get your opinion real quick, too, before we end this uh, broadcast. It's like that, that, for me, that was it. Like, I, dude, I have I, – I can watch it right now. And I, have a, I, I probably have a huge golf ball in my throat. But I remember watching it back then. I watched it again and again and again and again because I knew how special it was. 
it was one of those moments and memories that you just can't you just can't make up, man. It just it just happened naturally. So yeah, for me that that was my moment for Ric Flair. Here's here's what I think it is about Ric Flair because the, the moment you brought up it is not a it's not a wrestling match, it's not a title victory, but it's a moment where there are performers in this industry who we know look at it as a job. Yes, they like it, they're good at it, but at the end of the day, they, they look at it as the business, and it's maybe not something that they grew up being passionate about, but they have a physical presence, they have an athletic ability, maybe their first avenue of expressing that uh, in a different professional athletic endeavor didn't work out, and so they land in the world of wrestling, and they look at it as a job. Then you have guys like Ric Flair, who are so incredibly passionate about the business. They respect and love the business as much as us as fans love and respect the business. And they understand that getting to spend their life doing their passion and living their dream is a gift. And that gift is not to be taken for granted. And Ric Flair, I believe, is one of those individuals who truly loved the business. And the thing about Ric Flair, whether it be that moment you're talking about, whether it be a match, whether it be listening to his promos, you can tell that he's all in 100% and believes in his heart and soul what he's saying and what he's doing in those moments. And I think that's the reason that Ric Flair has connected so well with fans across generations because you 100% buy in to Ric Flair being Ric Flair and doing what he's doing. And so that moment doesn't surprise me, Tommy, because I think that moment is exactly what Ric Flair is all about. He is the business. He loves the business. And because he loves the business, we love him. Does that make sense? Perfect. Perfect sense. Awesome, brother. Awesome. So I'm thinking, Jay, it's been a while since we had a guest on our, our podcast. So I'm thinking next Thursday, let's have a guest. I'm going to work on getting a guest on the podcast for next Thursday, because we, we've, been, we've been hearing too much of each other over the last couple of months, man. We need to, to get on a guest and talk to him about the industry. What do you I think? Do I just want to have, want, to have a, hey, want to have a guest next week? If you can reach into the Tommy Fierro Bega tricks and pull out a special guest, I would be all in for that, brother. Consider it a done deal. We'll, uh, we'll figure out who it is and probably advertise Whoa. it a little bit earlier in the week. Woo! Maybe it'd be Ric Flair. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Uh yeah, get get somebody, advertise it early, let's let's plan the show around it, and that would be a great way to spend a Thursday morning talking to somebody who actually stepped foot oh, yeah. next, inside next the week we, we will return we will return to having a live guest next Thursday right here on eighties wrestling the podcast.